God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. If someone did a deep cut dive of one of your songs, which song would it be? Here's what I wouldn't suggest anybody doing, doing any kind of a deep dive, because all of my shit's in the shallow end of the pool, so you're going to get yourself a little nice little head bung. Right. It's more of a snorkel sitch. Mm, it's more of a put the baby in the bathwater and you'll be fine. Right. It's a, it's a part of the pool where if, if you keep your eye on, if you take your eye off the baby to check out the bikini line, the baby would be fine. Well, that's great news. That's great news. I don't do a lot of checking out the bikini lines anymore. You just never know. Uh, well, first of all, I'm not a pervert. But I do okay. like, but I do like women. Wait, hold on, you're not a, okay. Got it. <laughs> but you enough. just never know what could happen, dude. You got to be real careful with what you do and what you say. And oh yeah, dude, you better here. Here's what you better be careful about: making sure that your T's are crossed exactly, and the I's have a little dot on the top. Well, what's interesting too is you'll like. I have a friend of mine who's uh, this is a woman. And she's single and she's dating, and she said she wanted. Oh. She said she went on a date with this dude. And she said he was like so uptight about that stuff that it was like a little bit of a date killer. And then was she she married to was she dating Pence? Is he divorced now? <laughs> Dude, Mike Pence doesn't believe in divorce. That motherfucker will just sleep in a, a bed of nails for the rest of his life before he gets divorced. You think Mike Pence is gonna be like, you know what? I love you. We did our time. I cherish this relationship. But I no longer think you and I are compatible, can make each other happy. And I think we both deserve to sleep with other people before we die and bring out our, you know, 80 meager years here on the planet. You think Mike Pence is going to say that? I can't imagine Mike Pence doing anything sexual ever. Like he's that haircut is anti-sexual. Is that even a, a category? Anti-sexual? Well, asexual without sex. Yeah, but this is like this is asexual. Even that, As, right. Asexual is without sex. Antisexual would be like aggressively against it. Yeah, there are people who call themselves anti-theists. Like, whereas I'm just merely an atheist. I just simply don't believe in God. But then there are people who like believe there is no God and actively fight against the idea that there is a God. Which I can't get behind that. I don't have the energy. There's that great scene in uh, the Big Lebowski when she goes. Oh, don't worry about him. He's a nihilist, which nihilists don't believe in anything. She goes, don't worry about him. He's a nihilist. And the dude goes, that sounds exhausting. And I agree with that. I'm a nihilist, and then I believe in the Nile River. Right. That's a different nihilist. I also believe in the Nile River. Hey, here's a, qu- here's a question since we dipped our toe in this water. This might even be more Secret Weekly stuff, but fuck it. Let's do it here. If your wife, who you love, and I know you love her. I've met her and hung out with her for many years now. Mm. And like you and like me, we have daughters, we have families. We've thrown in hard. Yeah, we threw in hard. And I have no plans to change my situation whatsoever at all. Now, my my wife, you'll have to ask her, but uh, I have no plans. But what do you do if your spouse, who you feel this way about, deeply committed to forever, uh, has some sort of neurological disorder or physical car wreck? Who knows? It could be a multitude of things. No longer able to uh, fun- no you know no longer able to function from the neck down. Now you're committed to take care of her because you don't leave your family when they get hurt, sickness and health, all that. But what do you do about your needs? Do you talk about that? Do you? Does your wife? Do you come to some sort of 
negotiation with your wife about a, a, a physical pass? I got two words for you. Let's hear it. The first one is blow, and the second one is job. <laughs> so you're By saying the way, that's it. If your wife, if your wife is, even if she's like full quad, you can still get your business done. The problem is if you if you if you're a dude and you got and you, but even with dudes, they they got like a pump now. Yeah, you can work it out. You can figure it out. Well, let me flip it this way. Okay, let me flip okay, this. Okay, flip it. Let's flip say it, you're dude. the one that gets fucked up and say your yeah, yeah. little dick doesn't work anymore. All right, finally, you can be free of your dick. That actually sounds nice. Do you look at your wife and go, look, I get it. I, you can't leave me because I need you. And you know, you're know, you my fucking wife and we're in this together. We share a bond beyond bonds. But I also understand that you need to have sex. So do you try to work out a thing to give your wife the gift of sex for her mere 80 years here? She deserves to have sex. But do you lay some ground rules? Like, look, you can't leave, you can't fall in love with some dickhead and leave me. This, are we doing the Taliban part? Did, they, did we change the name from I'm okay to you're okay to, hey, we're the new Taliban? Hey, we're the cool Taliban. Is that the name of this podcast? Hey, what do you tell your wife? Uh, hey, it, 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 my wife's an adult. She does whatever the fuck she wants to do. She wants to hang out with, with a paraplegic. Then she'll do it. If she doesn't, she won't. Oh, my God. I don't really mean you're telling her what to do, but you're laying some ground rules and you're seeing what she wants. Really, what I'm saying is you're saying, hey, what are we going to do? My wife has told me that if I get old, too old to care for myself, she's out. So, yeah, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm a paraplegic, she's out. She's told me that. Really? There's no mystery. She's bye-bye. Well, I guess it's nice to at least know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'll be double sadness for me. It's like, oh, uh, you can't walk anymore. Your dick doesn't work. And your wife left you. Right. And be like, well, okay. That sucks. Well, it was just an interesting hypothetical because I guess what I'm really saying is how far can your love go? Can your love extend to the point to where you say to the, your spouse, your partner. Are you asking the question that the Bee Gees asked in the 70s so heart-renderingly? How deep is your love? Uh, I guess so. A lot of people think that was Dick. They they were talking about Dick. Well, it was the 70s, and it was the Bee Gees. And, well, there's a little thing called a double entendre. How deep? Dude, how how long is your dick? Like... Barry Gibb came to... I I got a new song. What's it called? It's called... Uh, it's called How Long Is Your Dick? It goes like this. How long is your dick? Is your dick long? And they're like, and Andy Gibb was like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> Andy Gibb was like, I don't know, dude. I need to get laid. And they're like, uh-huh, I got it. Let's do this. Here's a solution. How deep is your love? Is your love deep? Well, maybe they were taking Inspirato from the classic uh, hymn, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That's about God's dick. Dude, that's talking about length and girth. Exactly. Like the first part is length and then girth. (laughs) Like they're like, hey, just in case you're wondering, Jesus's dick is not only lengthy, it's girth. Well, I I, I mean, I wrote praise songs. I wrote praise songs in this 10 year period that I was deeply religious that churches still sing to this day. So I. I'm quite familiar with the inner inner workings of the the modern praise song, and let me tell you this: all praise songs are about wanting to fuck Jesus. I I read a song when I was doing a lot of praise songwriting called Garfus, and I got a lot of blowback from the church. A lot of blow blow. 
Blowback. Blowback. Right. It was called Gurfus. It was like, yeah, when Jesus was alive, his nickname was Gurfus because he was so girthy. Right. And they were like, yeah, that's not in, that's not really written anywhere. So we feel like you may have made that up. And I'm like, no, it's true. I just love that Jesus's parents, like Mary got pregnant and they're like, oh, I thought you hadn't fucked her yet, Joseph. And he's like, I didn't. <laughs> he's like, you know what? It's probably a miracle. <laughs> Dude, how about that? It was a miracle because he was so deeply closeted. Like <laughs> Joseph was so deeply closeted, like after he got married and then he found out she was pregnant. He was like, oh, thank God. But then he was like, all right, well, nobody's going to think I'm gay now. And then she's like, this crazy lady is like, oh, it's God impregnated me. And Joe's like, man, I'm back to square one. What's the Bethlehem version of a mailman that, that comes by <laughs> laying down the that milk? No, I mean, here's the deal. All right. So Joseph is like, he has this news. I'm pregnant. She's like, he immediately goes into elation because like, all right. Nobody's going to think I'm gay. And then for the rest of her life, she says it was Jesus. And then he's like, man, that's my whole, my whole cover is blown. All right. Enough of that. I actually wanted to pivot from that into thinking a couple (laughs) of new patrons. First of all, Jacob Pohaku. Thank you. And Kathleen Morrow. Thank you guys for hopping on the Patreon train. Also, we want to thank all the Christian patreons that are still with us if we haven't lost them already on this i mean episode. look i i can't respect christianity but i respect people and if that is one of your dearly held beliefs then take it with a grain of salt and if you don't have a sense of humor about it yet come on dude read the bible it's hilarious all right i also want to say uh read a couple of emails and say thanks to people who take the time to write in greg writes in and says hi daddies bob and clint great to hear you guys getting healthier and back out there pimping where you belong. I saw Bob in New York City and he's looking mighty fit and trim. Zip. What? He says That's I, the magic of the stage, dude. You look younger and trimmer on stage than you do in real life. But that's the magic of the stage because in real in real real life, not so much. I think you also have the self-hatred warping mechanism as well. So there's there's a couple of different forces at work from both sides. Well, I appreciate I, pr- I appreciate that kind of feedback. Um, this is a time sensitive email that I'm just not getting to. So this is a little over a month long. So I don't know how we're gonna answer this next question. But he says, I have a dilemma I'm hoping you guys can help with. I'm flying into Austin next Monday so I can go to the Saxon Pub show. The problem is my Tuesday call is in Houston. My boss wants a valid explanation for my detour through Austin. What should I tell him? Maybe Bob can sign an excuse letter at the show. Peace and love, Gregory Keith. Well, Here's what I suggest you do. Ball up and just tell them the truth. Just say, hey, I went to a show in Austin. I want to go see the greatest performer living on earth right now, Bob Schneider. Why don't you meet me there? And if not, I'll see you on Tuesday morning. Yeah, that all sounds pretty reasonable. And you're you're the guy that's like, look, just tell it like it is. Give everyone the opportunity to really know who you are. And you can't do that when you're lying, even if the lie seems innocuous or like just, a white lie. Just always tell the truth. Just always tell the truth. Yeah. That's the key. Me and you used and, to we used to argue about that philosophically, but I, I came around. I was slow to learn. You can pretend if you if you both know that you're pretending, you can go, Are we pretending or are we telling the truth? If we're pretending, all right, 
Do you want the pretend answer? I can give you the pretend answer. Or I can give you the real answer. What do you want? That's think, telling that's telling the truth, by the way. If I, you if you yeah. if you say, Hey, do you want the pretend? Then then you both know you're on the same page. I think a lot of people do want the pretend. They really I, do. No, they don't. Or they think they do. Well, you're not helping anybody by saying the pretend answer. Well, I'll tell you why I think that, because I have a reputation of being kind of a grumpy guy. And really the reason is because I just don't suffer any bullshit. Right. And what I'm learning is people are like, you know what? Uh, we're going to go meet for a coffee or a drink off the old tour bus. But you know what? Don't tell Clint. They don't like having me around because I don't suffer it. And what I think they like is they sit around like a campfire almost. And they just tell each other stories that aren't true about themselves, about each other, and about the world. And these stories are invariably things about how great they are, how great the world is, how great their believies are about the world. It makes them feel safe, secure, and it's fun. I disrupt that. And they don't like it. They really don't. People like the nice guy and people like people like bullshit. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Great. That's what people like. Okay. You don't want to ask the guy bagging your groceries, how are you? And then he tells you how he really is. That's going to no. be tough. You don't care. No, I don't care. I'm just being nice. That's a that's a cordial. That's called the cordiality. Well, here's one thing. Here's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> here's one thing that happens to me on the bus i play in a band people take pictures of us every day now all right great someone's showing me pictures from the night before mm. i always say do not show me any picture that i'm not in and that i do not look good in i do not want to see a picture of you oh yeah if somebody's showing you a picture and you're not in it why are you showing me this but you were on you were on the same stage as the picture that they're showing exactly. you well the person showing it to me they look good, and it's a they picture of them slapped. Well, I just say, no, I know. I just say, hey, don't. And I say, you know the rule, and I kind of punch it up with a little bit of humor. I don't really say yeah. it as plainly as I would actually prefer to, because I, I got to babysit the fragile egos of some of the people around me. And so I say, hey, don't show me any pictures ever that I'm not in where I don't look good. That's just the rule. And you know what? I'll pay you the same courtesy. Right. I'll pay you the same courtesy. Yeah. It's an even trade. Even trade. But what that really turns into is Clint doesn't get invited to coffee. That's really what it turns into. I'm kind of well, noticing if that. So, if, if people are showing you pictures of themselves that you're not in from the same stage that you were on, you don't want to have coffee with those people. That's a waste of good coffee. Well, it just makes me sit around and wonder things like, am I an asshole? Was I made for this world? Do people like me? What do I do? Who am I? Etc. Period. Man, I played a show last night for a bunch of... Not strangers, but people that weren't familiar with me. It was a private party at somebody's house, and I got right into the comedy right away. And these people refused to laugh. They didn't want to get on that magic carpet with you, did they? <laughs> Dude, it took a lot of massaging to warm up that old whore. So what were they wanting? Were they wanting just a really sincere musical entertainment? I I don't know what they wanted, but by the middle of the show, they were completely warmed up and they were laughing at everything. And then by the end, they were, I mean, it was great. I killed it. But man, at first, and I, but I, it's weird. At this point, I kind of like, there's almost nothing you can do. The worst thing that anybody can do, the, the wonderful thing about this audience is they never started talking amongst themselves. They were paying attention the entire time. So I was like, as long as they keep paying attention, 
I'm going to win all of these people over before the end of the show. And I did. You know, the worst thing that can happen is that they they just stop paying attention. They start talking amongst themselves, then you've lost them, and then that's a horrible feeling. But I want to say also thank you to Nick for becoming a patron. Speaking oh, of what's up, Nick? Speaking of your music, Marie Paul Jeske writes in. The subject is Josh. He says, Hello guys. Just listen to the latest episode of the pod. And so happy to hear that Bob says that Jaws is his favorite song to play lately. I was at the recent New York and Philly shows, and I completely fell in love with that song. It really hits differently live. So, so good. My aunt, who was with me in Philly, even laughed when you told the under 35 crowd to GFY. So much love, Marie Paul. Nice. So that's good. I mean, anyone under 35 should GFY. And they know it. And time waits for no man. It's coming for them, too. And when they get to where we are, they'll think the same thing. Well, here's the here's the thing. If you're under 35, guess what? You still have joy, hopes, dreams. You still have you still have a little bit of joy in your life. So when I say GFY to under 35, they're laughing. Right now, the people that don't have any joy, that have no hope, all their hopes and dreams have crumbled to the earth, and now are just fertilizing the soil. They're also laughing. So everybody's <laughs> laughing. Everybody's having a good time. I don't know. I feel like some people, maybe this is more of the fuck the people under 25 thing, but some people aren't in on the joke yet because they life hasn't crushed them into into what they into where they need to be to get it. Like I always jokingly say everyone should get divorced once. Now, people who are on their first marriage and still believe that that's going to last forever, they don't like that. They don't think that's funny because they take it seriously and they have no sense of humor and they go, "Well, not me. I I'll never get divorced." I'm like, "Well, call me when your divorce is settled." And then you can finally laugh at it because it's funny. Because sometimes you, the things you have to learn to make a marriage successful, you can't learn until one fails. That's a little thing called fucking wisdom, dude. Yes, indeed it is. And the other thing that happens to people, have you ever experienced this? So I flew first class for the first time last week. Never done it of all the flights I've ever done in my life. I don't have the kind of jangle to swing it, dude. I'm not afraid to admit that. Dude, how jangling were you swinging that first class flight, though? Well, here's what happens when you don't have it and you have to walk through it to go to coach where, I norm- where I've been flying for 15 years professionally. Pray, pray tell because I've never experienced this before. Here's what you're thinking. You're looking at all the people and some of them, you can see their judgment in their eyes as you walk past them. And here's what you think. Fuck you, you fucking rich assholes. Eat shit. Here's what you think the first time you fly first class. <laughs> And not even because you bought the ticket. Someone else bought it for you because you're flying to fucking wherever to work. Can I, can I take a guess before you yeah. tell me? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, you losers. Exactly. I'm the king. And you guys are all my fucking surf peasant bitches. Go fuck yourself forever. That's exactly <laughs> As soon as you get there, dude. It's so easy to immediately just assume that you're the fucking king. Oh my god. Just because they gave you a hot towel and you have a little bit more legroom, dude. Oh my god. Okay. John Powers writes in the subject is comedy. He says, I hope you guys are doing well. Thanks for talking comedy again. And thank you for continuing to put these podcasts out. It's great to hear you guys bullshit every week. Just wanted to let you know there's something in comedy called a save line. 
When you try a new joke and it doesn't get a laugh, we each have our parachute cord to pull. He says, my favorite was relating it to a roller coaster. You're all strapped in and you hear it going click, click, click. But instead of saying we, it just started going backwards like click, click, click. That line has gotten more laughs than some of my best punchlines. Also, Bob's quote unquote joke album is a great idea. Flinty and Snakebite belong on a record. All the best. Comic John Powers. So I guess comics always have a way to get out of a, a bomb sitch. Which is good. You need that. You need a way to deal with a heckler. And you need a way out of a bomb sitch for sure. Yeah. <sighs> My wife got some of those glasses that you wear. They're like the blue light glasses. Because I guess that's a thing now. Is You wear these glasses that offset how piercing the blue light can be on the screen. Is that what those are that you're wearing? I bought a bunch of glasses at Party Barn. So these are just the cheapest, shittiest sunglasses you can buy. Okay. So I doubt they stop any rays of light. You're a big fan of the costumery. Well, when I was doing my live streams, I figured, oh, let me jazz it up a bit with some, you know, superstar style shit as they say. that's look it's business lingo okay that's the way we talk in the biz it is <laughs> when we're from we're flying first class <laughs> yeah i you mean fucking peasants get back there don't look at me don't meet don't meet my eyeline at this point i'm not sure when i'm using actual just like normal language or biz language so i i'm not sure well i can tell yeah. you i'll give you a clue if you're putting the abri- if you're putting the abreve on it, it's probably bizlingo. In fact, it's probably bizling. Yeah, fit. <laughs> fit. <laughs> That's short for for sure. For show. Well, I'll tell you something I dipped into last night. Oh, let me hear it. A little RoboCop. Oh, what a sweet, sweet, sweet fucking beautiful dip that is just because i i got it in my head that it was some sort of masterpiece and uh you know there's things about it that are kind of amazing for 1987 but mostly pretty boring i hate to say i think i'm gonna do robocops two and three i know gotta, gotta do don't. the trilogy no just what do you mean robocop one is classic the other two suck well In my memory, the other two were pretty good. And I kind of felt like I was getting through one just to get to the two. Mm, First one's not, first one's weird, man. It's, it's, it's got a dark, like futuristic darkness like Brazil, but it's real boring and dumb. I've seen it a bunch of times. I like it, but maybe I saw it at a time where it really gelled like in my mind or something. But so it just reminds me of that period i guess or something i don't know yeah i will say this at one point brazil was my favorite movie dude of all time and i tried to watch it about five or six years ago and it was rough i when i first saw it about seven years ago had never seen it but was getting into that kind of cinema shit and it blew my mind because i it's kind of its own thing right i watched it about a month ago uh because something reminded me of it like uh some newer movie reminded me of it and it wasn't rough for me, but it was a different experience. It's so weird how movies can just hit you differently. I ha- I just re- kind of reconcile, not reconcile. We didn't have a falling out. A tour manager I used to have like four years ago, who has since gone on to tour manage other people. 
he toured with the band that I'm, he TM'd the band I'm in right now. He subbed for us. So we were like catching up. And he goes, hey, you know, like four years ago, <clears throat> me and you were going to do a Woody Allen. We were going to watch a Woody Allen movie a month because I was on this huge Woody Allen thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, we should really pick that back up. And I have not watched a Woody Allen movie in four or five years. And it kind of dawned on me that those might not hold up after your first kind of, when you first dip into that world. Like I was thinking like, okay, we're going to do that. We're going to get together because he's never seen a Woody Allen movie. I'm like, well, what's the one I would pick? And I had trouble coming up with one. I mean, I think if you're just going to point somebody at a Woody Allen movie, Crimes and Misdemeanors. Dude, that is amazing that you said that. That was It was either between Manhattan or Crimes and Misdemeanors. But then I thought, should it be a funny one? But but of his serious movies, Crimes and Misdemeanors with Martin Landau and Alan Alda is the best. I thought Husbands and Wives, maybe. I thought Hannah and Her Sisters. There's a lot of... I feel like he's made a lot of good movies. And then there's a few, I guess, sort of great movies. But they are a little bit of their time. Right. I mean, I really, really liked Midnight in Paris. I, I think oh, that was yeah. great. Hell yeah. Great movie. Um, that's, even, that's a recent one, too. And that's a recent one. Um, Blue, Blue Jasmine was pretty good. That that was recent. Yeah. I mean, and you could go all the way back and like to like bananas and stuff like that. That Those are pretty good. Those are like, I feel like they were funnier, overall funnier, and but not as serious, but. I liked Alice. I don't know. There's a bunch. Oh, I loved I, Alice. There's a bunch that are pretty good. A couple of those Mia Farrow, like, or like, uh, well, the first Mia Farrow one was Broadway Danny Rose, which is great. I I, I remember enjoying it, but it's been a minute since I saw Did it. Did you ever see Love and Death? That was a good, it was like his take the, on like medieval shit. The, the time where I start having a hard time with him is when he, once he gets into his 50s. Now, I'm in my 50s, but God damn it, man. I look f- fucking good yeah but he did. did he didn't look good in his 30s but when he so when he got into his 50s and he's like doing these movies where he's dating teenagers ugh, that's the time where i'm like i can't watch any of those those are just kind of gross i'm like and then at a certain point he just kept getting older and older but kept putting himself in the romantic lead and then finally he eventually quit doing that he quit doing in that and then it took a minute to kind of figure that out and uh, like Midnight in Paris is a great version. Like Match Point, yeah, Match Point is pretty good too because it's in, it's British, so it, you kind of lose that sort of Woody Allen style way of talking, you know? Yeah. But anyways, but but you're right. His ten good ones though: Annie Hall, Manhattan, Interiors, Hannah and her Sisters, Crimes and Misdemeanors. I think Husbands and Wives is up there. Bullets Over Broad. Like he made he made some great movies, dude. They're fucking fun. Yeah. Um, well, on that note, I'm sure we've offended some people who think he's a pedophile and a rapist, so we should probably get out of the Woody Allen portal here and uh, say thank you to all the people who write in. Bob and Clint at gmail.com. We appreciate it. We will read your email on the show, and thank you for supporting us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash IOK. Are you still doing your Bob Schneider Song Club podcast? Oh, yeah. Bob's podcast is over there. I have another Metallica podcast and a podcast with our friend Katie Featherson called A to Z with Clint and Katie. Also, when is that is that out? Yeah, our first episode dropped last week. Oh, I got to check that out. It's just bi-monthly, so two episodes a month every other Tuesday. So it's it's a slow burn over there. And uh, I also have a Kickstarter out for my project, Going Supernova. It's like 85% funded. We're almost to the finish line. If you want to pre-order my album on Beautiful, 
180 gram vinyl. You can find it over there at Kickstarter. Links are in the bio. We're going to kick it now to the Secret Weekly where we say things unmentionable on the normal show. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 